Sloss and Humphreys on the road. Muggins and cream, cream and muggins, straight thugging, living the dream. That, that's our intro. Fucking muggles. Tickling the clit inside your head to make you laugh. <laughs> they said it can't be done. Are we in the same seats? That's hack. Oh, muggles. Accidental rib job in the park. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Or magic being cynical. Muggled it up on fucking Mugglepedia. Where have you been since 9-11? What's up, cunts? It's me, Daniel Sloss, back for another episode. I was sick of Kai saying I've got no friends, so I've now knocked out this my second podcast in as many days, and it's a brand new exciting guest. It's Alex Edelman. Hi, I'm only doing this because you paid me some money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've got a. I've been getting a hard time on the podcast because apparently when I'm in America, I don't have any friends, so I don't do podcasts. That's not true, though. You, have... you were away. Yeah, I yeah, was away. And Eric was away. You and me and So Mike. my only two friends were gone. Oh, that's. Uh, oh, wait, what about a Hammy and Mike? Well, it's pretty much a comedy friend. Yeah, yeah, comedians. Yeah. yeah, even though we have had a couple of guests on who aren't Kai's best friend, Matty, we just bring on the podcast. And is he hilarious? He's funny. He is very funny, okay. and we just say horrible, horrible things about him. And he's got to sort of put up with it. Perfect. Um, yeah. So we're both in Melbourne. I got off a plane less than two hours about two hours ago. Are you? Do you get jet lag? Do you do? do I'm what? so fucking jet lag. But I mean, like, it's one of those things where, like, if you can't power through in three or four days, fuck you. I f- yeah, yeah. I feel like what I just did was a very muggly question. That's the one no. I asked. The second you go, are you jet lagged? It's like, first of all, I've been off the plane for one hour. I have no idea. I have yet. no idea. Yet. I have no idea. But, you know, you travel more than I do, man. You travel. You travel. I- I just professional. Yeah, I tend not to get uh, jet lag though because what I always do is I'll look at what time I land. Right. Yeah. So if I land at like seven in the morning, I'm like, right. So I need to sleep on the plane, and I've got no problem sleeping on planes for two reasons. One, I've trained my body to just like associate planes with sleep. Sure. And two, I drink like a goddamn fucking. I king. just told you. Yeah, yeah. So I told you the one. I don't get drunk much, but like before I got on the plane, for here's the thing. I have I have enough points that I can like get into a or I'm in a status with some airlines where I can yeah. just get into the business lounge automatically. Yeah. What I always do is try the first class lounge just in case someone's not paying attention. And then, so I was walking into the first class lounge and there were, just was like, saw me and thought she recognized me. I was like, you're good, you're good. Like, didn't even check my ticket. Right. So while I'm in the first class lounge, I ordered an old-fashioned and then another old-fashioned because our plane was delayed. And then the guy was like, need to try a gin martini. And I drank it and he went, that was vodka. This is a gin martini. <laughs> and then when I was finished, he was like, wait, wait, wait. We have a 40-year-old bottle of Lagavulin scotch. Yeah. If you don't try it, you're out of your mind. So I like had like not just five different types of drinks. Yeah, you've I not only so many mixed. times. Yeah. yeah, I've been mixing. And like an crazy. edible. Yeah, and I had a little bit of an edible. So I'm sitting there on the plane like – I felt bad for the people sitting around me because I kept trying to like shut my window, you know, the, the shade on my window. Like yeah. I was doing it for like – Literally five minutes being like, why can't I shut the shade? And then this guy from another row got up, walked over, and he went, it's a button. There's a button. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I wish you'd watch that guy. Just him just getting so frustrated. Like, he's clearly just been watching you do it. He's like, there's a button. button." Like, his wife's there. She's like, I've got to tell him. I've got to to tell him. Just ignore him. Just ignore him. I can't. I can't. I didn't ask for help. It's just the guy was watching. In front of me, it was like, I'm just not getting the latch out of the window. I'm just stroking the top of the window and trying to pull it down and just he was a hero on the plane that's like when in public if somebody tells somebody who's being rude to like shut the fuck up or whatever and I was like great that that guy was the hero in that situation the best thing I've ever seen in an airplane do we have time for this yeah of course 
So the best thing I've ever seen on an airplane was a few months ago. I was on this plane. It was like London to somewhere, London maybe to New York. And it was one of those things where first class or business class ended at row eight and economy started in row 11. Yeah. So someone had said to them when they got on the plane, these these people, she got, oh, you're two seats behind uh, you're two seats behind row eight, or you guys are in row ten. So she just looked at the ticket and went, they're, they're in row ten, because she just saw them as two seats behind. And they got to it, and even though their tickets very clearly said like 13 or whatever, they looked, and the number that the woman had said to them was between eight and 11. So they're like, oh, well, she just must be in row eight, the last row of business. Class. Of course, that's what so, she meant. So they sat down, even though they're very clearly not. And like, you could tell that they didn't belong there because I was in premium economy and I could see them like behaving a certain way, just like yeah, the way I like, do whenever I get upgraded. Like, yeah, which is something very turns. The first time I got even premium economy to me was an upgrade. I was oh, like, 100%. oh my god, yeah. I am a prince. You're just touching everything and yeah. like except uh, except for the shut the window fucking button. Yeah, of course, you over the jack because you're blitzed. <laughs> but like the woman comes over and she goes, uh, or the stewardess comes over and she goes, "You guys aren't sitting here. You're in row 13. So the two women who had upgraded themselves, get up, and they walk back initially with no protest. And then they realize what a downgrade it's been, and they're like, no, no, we're going to make some trouble. So so they they lived the life for three minutes and then became entitled to it that quickly. Exactly. It's like, the grass is greener. I've tasted tasted the nectar. I can't go back. (laughs) We're there for three minutes. Um, Excuse me, we belong in Elysium? (laughs) I've sat in the chair now. It's memory foam. Come on. It's mine. It remembers. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So So she starts making a fight, and then another issue arises, which is they've opened their blankets, and they don't have extra blankets on the plane. So what's going to happen to these two? So the stewardesses are both holding blankets, and they're standing there, genuinely not knowing what to do. So, so they, it, they don't have wait. They don't have spare blankets for a co- business uh, first class. Thing. Maybe not. business class don't spill. Maybe that's the but thing. They didn't have spare. Yeah, they had no spare blankets, or maybe there were supposed to be spare blankets on the plane. So then we start getting delayed. We're delayed by twenty minutes, and someone in premium economy goes, "I bet this is because of. I bet this is because of the blanket situation." They're waiting to restock our plate with more blankets. Yeah. So now everyone's angry at these two women because uh, because they're sitting in premium economy, but they're loudly protesting. So economy starts um, like picking a side, basically, because it's one of those things where premium economy is just the rows ahead of economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So economy is picking a side, business class is picking a side, and the two sections of the plane are fucking yelling at each other. Just going, they're yours. No, they're <laughs> yours. No, but ever the economy were like, whoa, 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 they should be upgraded. They definitely should be upgraded. And then, meanwhile, A business class is like, fuck that, we don't want that scum down here. No, no, business class was like, Yes, business class was like we don't want we don't want that scum, and and economy was like fuck you. This is a class issue, <laughs> yeah. and like two of us belong up there because they were told the wrong number. I mean, their tickets didn't say they didn't say number. there. Yeah, so then, it's a small mistake, but not one that there's any retribution for. So there's a separate crisis brewing, which is that the stewardesses are also upset about the delay. They have no idea why they're being delayed. No one's told them anything, and one of them thinks it's because of the thing with the blankets because now the blankets are open. So one of them says loudly enough for like the passengers to hear, like, why don't we just use the blankets? Why don't we just give the blankets back? Or like, why don't we just like leave the blankets there in case, you know, like, uh, like that's acceptable enough, yeah, right? Yeah, who gives a shit? They've and, just been touched. They've not been spilled on. They've yeah, not been exactly. Bored. And, but the two passengers sitting there 
go, no, 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 we want these blankets. And there are two empty seats anyway. So, like, why don't we just take those blankets? And they're like, you can't take blankets. We need enough blankets. And, like, it's our policy that we have to have enough blankets now. So, like, we need to wait a little bit. Yeah. So one steward starts loudly complaining about how his boss has handled it. And all of us are like, you shouldn't be com- like complaining <laughs> to the passenger. It's like, can you blame this fucking idiot who's yeah. my boss? Yeah. And, like, and also <laughs> behind me on this enclosed vessel <laughs> who hears him. The boss comes over and he bitches him out in front of us. And all of a sudden everyone is like invested in this drama. Like it's totally encompassed the entire plane. Yeah, because it's, like, it's the only thing on at this point. I'm assuming. Oh yeah. yeah. There's no, there's no, the entertainment no sisters aren't yet. People, and there's one black woman narrating the entire thing basically like <laughs> as it's happening. She's like, I remember when, when that guy was complaining, I just remember her going, he should not be complaining. And then the boss came up and she went, oh shit. <laughs> so the boss there is bitching out the flight attendant. Just meanwhile, the world's greatest running commentary. You're just oh like, my God. I'm, I'm enjoying the whole thing. And I'm also trying to start some shit because premium economy is in the middle. So they're not business class, but they're not economy. So the opinions are mixed. And I'm starting to, like, lobby it's for, It's literal like, class war. It's the Tories versus the Labour Post. All the lefties in the middle just being like, I hear points of bullshit. Are, yeah, absolutely. I can hear from the upper classes. You don't want to be yeah. saddled with the lower classes, but it would be nice if the lower classes represented in the upper yeah. classes. And, like, also, all of us were hoping, like, we hope the compromise here is a premium economy. Then, this is what ratchets it up. We just see a woman, come, uh, a female flight attendant, come steaming down the aisle from business class, and she stops right in front of the two girls, the two passengers, and she goes, where are the toiletry kits? <laughs> and the two girls, like, pull out the toiletry kits from business class, they're like, oh, you mean these? Like, you know, the toiletry kits, they get to business class, and they open up the toiletry kits, and the woman's like, don't you dare, don't you dare, and the black woman's, like, exploding. <laughs> and like, like, don't you dare. She's like, oh my, god. oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and she goes, don't you dare, and they start, like, opening stuff, and the toiletries kits, and, like, they had it. Brushing their teeth. They genuinely, no. stood up, went like this, had her knees on the seat, was, like, leaning back, looking towards the economy, and brushing her teeth. People in the economy are cheering at this point. They're like, yes, these are our people. Represent yeah, exactly. Like, it was one of the trashiest things I'd ever seen. It was the most petty. <laughs> Just patently brushing your fucking yeah. teeth. The woman across the aisle from these two people in premium economy is vocally anti them. She's like, you're disgusting. Sit down. Shut up. Like, to the point where we were, like, sort of on, their, on the girls' side for a minute. Then they get the blankets on the plane. The stewardess does. The one who got bitched out by her boss. Yeah. Or the guy. Sorry, it was yeah. it. It was a guy who got bitched out by his boss. But the stewardess who challenges them about the toiletries. Sorry. That was her. She gets on the intercom. And I've never seen this. This ends it, but it, it we went bananas. She upgrades to those two empty seats in business class. The, the two women sitting across the aisle from the two ladies who had like upgraded themselves. It was a spite upgrade. She upgraded to spite. <laughs> and I just remember the black woman going, <laughs> just like, oh, like, and then not just the rest of the flight. The whole plane erupted. <laughs> it was like, uh, we couldn't believe what had just happened in front of us. And like, so how, how did the, 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 the teeth brushes deal with this? They settled down in exchange for the blankets that they had ruined. 
in business class. So they sat in front of the communists, each holding a business class blanket, yeah. and agreed to be quiet for the rest of the flight over it. <laughs> but they were like little heroes for the rest of the flight. Like every 20 minutes, someone would be like, hey, what happened back there? Like we were hearing it in the back of the plane, but like what really happened? And of course, they would like lie and like revise history. So yeah, by the end yeah, of the flight, yeah. we hated them. But like, I was getting a pedicure at the back of the bus, and they rudely moved me. My father works in law. <laughs> yes. But they were saying stuff like that. Like, these were like big. Big, like, one was a woman and the other, like, a larger, heavyset woman. The other was her daughter with, like, a real pinched face. And they were just, like, the embodiment of, like, white privilege. Yeah. Just, like, you know, if we were sat. Like, the kind of people who would put their feet up with no sh- with no shoes no, on the tray table. Or the, the girls that put their hair over the back of the seat so it goes out in front of your fucking... Oh, God. Like, but, if you've ever tried to watch that, and you're just like, why does this tiny theater have a fucking carton? Like, just our hair oh my God. It's the worst. But you know what's so funny, though? Because it was so weird, because it was like a microcosm of America a little bit. Like, people who didn't feel strongly about the gals were polarized by other people being like, hey, what do you think? And they're like, well, I kind of see the girls' point. Well, they'd be like, well, then you're fucking idiots, because they insult them. They were like, no, no, we're really yeah, team gals yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you forced me to double down. It was crazy. And, like, it was. It took, like, an hour for us to get off. The, like, I didn't even register that we were delayed. I just registered this ridiculous amount of class warfare happening in front of me. Like, it was oh, crazy. Sorry, that was a long... No, long, no, no. Long good fucking story. story, but I never... And also, this podcast is largely just talking shit. That's sure, why sure. we get high for it. And, you know, our, trust me, you should listen to some of the episodes these poor cunts have had to listen to. We did one in Amsterdam, apparently, with me and Kyle were so stoked. We thought it was the funniest thing we've ever done. Right. And apparently, it was just unintelligible. Like, we released the podcast, and people were like... Cause we have international fans. Sure, that's like From Estonia, New York, and stuff. They're like, no idea what any of you were saying. That's anyway. so funny. Um... So I'm going to bring up. I've got a couple of things. Sure, sure. Bring them up. But first of all, congratulations on joining the uh, Conan Club. Thank you. You're the. Uh, it's so funny. It's like I feel like Jerry Seinfeld was like, "Hey, you got a you got a guest episode of Seinfeld. Good for you." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, "Oh, you mean the thing that you that yeah. that bears your name?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what? I really genuinely think that. I thought you said it was great on it. Thanks, man. It was. The nicest thing about it, there were three really nice things about it. One, the guy who books at J.P. Buck. It's just as, the greatest man. As well as you very much well know, um, his taste in comedy is impeccable. So it's really jo- really awesome to do Conan, but it's also cool to get the stamp of approval from that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also all the people that have done it before, and all the people, especially in your generation who have done it before, like I think of myself in terms of like – you and Andrew Santino and other young guys who have done Conan. So it was really amazing. Yeah. The third best thing was Conan and I are from the same hometown. So he he was so freaking nice to me. He was so nice when he came over. And they left his reaction in the clip online, which I – like when he kind of came over at the end of my set. And I got a DM from someone saying that like it was a gift from the Conan people to me basically. Yeah. His reaction. But he was – so nice, and he was so effusive. It was so cool. First time he did, first time I did it. If you watch that in the video, when he comes over to me, there's genuine shock in his voice about like how well I did. He was like, "That was great!" Like yeah, he, was, he, great. That's I was gonna, he was like, like "That was great!" And I'm like, I think, yeah. "I think they must have so many like guests on that that like networks make him have for PR." So whenever like. He in the front of him. He's like, oh my god, yeah. yeah. And he's massive into I did like that was my one joyous moment of trolling you uh, this year. Uh, <laughs> did you know on, on your Facebook you did a really nice and sincere post about like, oh, this was a dream come true. I was on Conan tonight. Uh, you can watch the thing. 
I was really beautiful post, and then just underneath, I just wrote eight. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I've done it eight times. And just, I love just watching, seeing the likes come in, just to see who understood the dick. Oh uh, yeah. Because it looks like I've just done a little typo, but I'm actually eight. being a giant arsehole. No, no, no. It's so, it's so funny because I, I didn't want to post anything because I feel like that is, it won't counter it count as my muggle corner, but that is a bit of a muggle move. Oh, right. to, yeah, to, yeah, 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 yeah. Like to, for comedians to post something they're doing in a sort of subtle way. Like I'm a maps at Muggle for that. But whenever I did Conan for the first time, I just took a photo of my name on the Conan sign. But that's what I put up. Yeah. I put up that my name on the Conan sign. I'm like, I'm trying to pretend this isn't a big deal. But it feels it's exactly and that's I you undersell it all the time. It's like so in uh, in Sterling, one of my fucking uh, good friends, is amazing. He's doing the Hammersmith Apollo, right? Yeah, uh, which is fucking huge. For Love Island or something? No, yeah. no, for his own show, for his own solo. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's Love Island, isn't it? Yeah, so it's Love yeah. Island. And the always been so funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, but every post he's done of it is absolutely just been like, just gonna try and fill out this little thing, and it's like because you've got to sometimes at this job undercut aggrandizing. Yeah, that's a humble brag is the worst yeah. kind of brag. Yeah, oh, that's I why I always go for earnest now instead of being like, well, I can't believe I'm gonna have to try to kill on Conan where many of my friends have also. Get, like it's, I just go know. full. I, I go full arrogant. I think it's yeah, like, you do. I you hate I hate full humbleness and I hate sure. real genuine humbleness. I'm just like sure. just act like Conan McGregor twenty four hours a day. A hundred percent. I'm so into that because like, yeah, that's the fucking, uh, I, I just see, I get I'm so sick of like, there's a type of comedy that's happening, which is good, right? There's nothing besmirching it in any way, but just one thing that really annoys me about a lot of comedians just going on and acting beta, right? And being like, I'm a beta, I'm a beta. I'm like, no comedian, regardless of fucking gender or anything is beta. You are standing on stage. You're standing on stage, but there's a whole bunch of comedians. Uh, sure. you know, like there that people. sort of that sort of like you know. Um, but you know, it's worse when people go. Well, I really dislike like the everyone word in awkward. that room is list. Everyone in that room is listening to just you, even if you're shy and bashful. In that you moment, got you're not all fun. those people to sit in this and face in the same direction. Yeah, for you. Oh, if you're getting heckled, then yes, you're beta in those situations. But no, no. But hold on. When someone goes, "I'm a beta," that's that always. It's always because, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a beta, but self-identifying as a beta to me feels like wrong because, like, a beta is someone who let's let's say this kindly about someone who's classically defined as a beta. There's someone who is like not the most physically fit person and perhaps spent more time playing. Dungeons and Dragons than working out. I'm just yeah. using the most basic example. Yeah, Elliot but, Steele. But yes. But what you're supposed to do is the reason you're supposed to do that isn't because you think I'm a beta, so I will do beta shit. You're supposed to think my priorities are flipped versus other people. Yes. Yes. So you're supposed to think I'm an alpha. But the things that I choose to do aren't jock stuff. They're like fucking, you know, classic classic uh, nerd shit. Game. But fucking, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, like, I play fucking stupid games. I play Fortnite constantly. Sure, it's just sure. a stupid little game I play. Even in little cards, like, we've got but little you know, cards you're definitely, I go alpha in those situations. Sure, but you're definitely an alpha, but like, those people, you, no one should ever go, I'm a beta, they should go, I'm an alpha with different priorities. Yeah, absolutely. So like, whenever anyone goes, I'm a beta, they're lying to you. Because yeah. no one thinks they're a beta. It's like thinking you're the, like, everyone thinks, that unless you live in North Korea, 
you think you're the center of your own universe. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. like, a beta is someone saying, I'm a background player in my own universe. That's yeah, not yeah. fucking happening. Like, we're not in packs anymore. There isn't a fucking beta. <laughs> like, you know, it, it just, yeah, I just find it so very, very weird. Yeah. Uh, well, on the topic of uh, comedy, I want to bring, I'm going to do what I imagine happens to you all of the time. Anytime something Jewish comes up in the newspaper, it's a comedian. Yeah, of course. Of course. But, like, we'll get a Jew's perspective. So, uh, Count Dankula. So, for uh, listeners that don't know what's happening uh, overseas, this uh, guy posted a video online of, basically, he was like, my girlfriend loves her dog. She thinks it's the sweetest thing in the entire world. So, he then taught it to raise its hand like a little sea kyle and then uh, would say, gas the Jews, and then the pug would do <laughs> the sea kyle. Now, it's, he, his, his claim is, you know, that it was a joke. It went viral. People complained. But he's now being, he's been found guilty of, hate speech or some shit like that and, and they're going to recommend some sort of like custodial sentence or yeah yeah so he might go to prison for this now as a comedian uh, for me look I that, that for me is one of the jokes that you just don't put out there I'm not saying I've not said horrific things in my whatsapp group specifically in front of people I know I know I can't sure, shock you my and friends I do jo- you, do, you make jokes about my Judaism all the time all the I time don't, like, that I would never say that I would never say, say public because in public it would be me condoning it I know there's about to be a big butt though your butt is your butt is that it's a joke and no one should go to jail for a joke right um <laughs> Well, I mean, yes, yes. All right. Well, let me say this. I think you should go to jail because I think all YouTube comedians should spend some time in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's just where they've got to straighten. It's fucking ridiculous. He shouldn't be. First of all, it's not a great joke. If it was a really good joke, joke. what he would do is buy a little Hitler outfit for the thing, and then say Sieg Heil, and And then then just like, and then just have because then it's then he's doubled down. Here's the thing, I. But I also, like, I laugh at the idea of, like, a, a pug doing it. And I'm not, like, here's the thing. I'm not offended by the joke. But even if the joke was offensive, that's still not a criminal offense. There is a genuinely hateful comic on the planet. His name's Dudenay. He's French. And he's got this little, you know how Dane Cook has that, like, Sufi gesture? and like You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, yeah sure. Some, he's got a gesture that's a downwards... That's like a downwards um, invert. It's an inverted Nazi salute. Oh, okay. So like, so it's like it's the other half of the dab. It's the other half of the dab. Yeah, it's the dab without the outstretched arm. But like Nicholas Anelka, you know the French football player. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to play for Chelsea. I know yeah. this. So he Do you did remember? the salute. He did it as a goal celebration, and he got suspended for like a whole bunch of games because yeah. it, you know. But in that situation, that I don't feel like that was a no joke. No, what? Oh, for, no. It's a comic who also does hate speech, Dudenay, and he's been imp- not in prison, but he's been convicted and fined for it a bunch of times. So jokes can be hate speech, but that thing with the pug—that's a joke. Like that's clearly just a joke, and the joke is that it's slightly offensive. Yeah, so, the like, joke is it's the word. It's an adorable pug. It's the juxtaposition. It's an adorable pug. I'm going to teach it to do the worst possible thing. I do think he could have chosen much better language to use. And I think there should be absolute ramifications because you have to be held accountable for your jokes, but not to a criminal degree. No. Like, if I was to make a horrible joke, I will, uh, let's say I fucking misread the room or something like that, and I just, I, I think I'm being clever, and I, ju- I just get it wrong. Have which has happened before. Can I ask a question? Have you ever genuinely crossed a line, not like in terms of like offensiveness, but in terms of offensiveness that was hacky, that when you finished it, you're like, you know, I wish I hadn't said that. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yes, yes. Or jokes in your past that you're like, I wouldn't do that now. Well, yeah, there's plenty of jokes in my past that I just, yeah, uh, wouldn't do anymore. And there's also been times when I've definitely said so. It's not only with hecklers, it's just like, sure. Because I hate sure. hecklers so much, I'll just say the worst sure. possible thing. I love that Chappelle joke about Michael Richards. Which was a. He goes, as a black man, I was offended by him saying the N word a bunch, but as a comic, I was like, damn, he's having a rough set. Hang in there, Kramer. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just. I, there's so many things that I've said. The thing is, he made it public, so I think there should be ramifications in the sense that, yeah, he should deal with the consequences of it if he is a comedian he doesn't fucking get booked by certain things. And sure, he probably shouldn't be allowed on, not shouldn't be allowed on YouTube, but, like, I don't think he was massively famous anyway. I, think I don't like, think he was, and also, apparently, he is also, I, I, I've not read too much up on this just because I was just, I got bored by the conversation instantly. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he is apparently a big like all right boy so sure. there might be but even, See, even then like I would much rather look you don't silence my you don't silence people I disagree with allow me to argue with them sure I also feel like one here there are a whole bunch of things that bother me about this one of them is that this is an easy hill for us to die on do you know what I mean like I don't think it takes that much bravery for us to be like jokes shouldn't you shouldn't go to prison for a joke yeah, yeah. so a lot of people are using it on both the left and the right are using it as easy points for righteousness. Do you know what I mean? In terms yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah. Like, Self-grounded. They shouldn't go to jail. You know, like, on the other hand, I've seen comedians, and this surprises me, who who are, who seem to be like, yeah, he should go to jail. And in my opinion, it's a very clear-cut issue that he shouldn't. Yeah. So, like... Any comedian that's doing that is just, what it's going to be one of those... Social justice. Yeah. Social justice or just shit comedians. Like, I think they'll be the ones that just, like, you know, they don't like offensive comedy, which is absolutely fine. Uh, and they don't like, you know, they don't like certain stuff. But, yeah, it's the social justice ones being like, no, there should be consequences. And you go, absolutely. But it's not jail time. You can't. Of course The government not. can't. Socially, we can punish him. Socially, we can punish him by, you know, the way he has been. Like, he was fucking hounded. He got fucking uh, abuse and death threats, which I don't condone, but like that's still a consequence of his actions. Sure, yeah, and that's he, right. You say that's shit. And he, yeah, yeah. Look, yeah, and I, you know, those consequences. His name is going to be tarnished this for the rest of his fucking life. And uh, unless he becomes a free speech hero, which I would rather he not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if he, because I'm sure there's some people who are like, we have Count Dankula from the like from the. But yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, because now he's going to become a like if he gets out, he's going to become a fucking spokesperson. And if he is alt right, like some. Uh, People claim, again, I'm not saying he's is or isn't. I just haven't fucking read enough here. Sure, sure. Uh, but, yeah, I don't want him to fucking become, like, if he is, I don't want him to become Katie Hopkins. I don't want to fucking watch this cunt on a uh, celebrity. Can you imagine how annoying it's going to be if he has, like, a second act? Like, oh, yeah, like, if, 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 if like, I'm sure he worked at, like, a car phone warehouse or something like that, and now he's, like, now he's, like, a public figure. He's, like, it's so funny because, like, I think Julian Assange is, like, has done some, like, genuinely heroic stuff. But I look at him and I'm like, oh, this guy's just a real piece of shit. And I'm so annoyed that he is the guy that we have yeah, to be like, yeah. oh, thank you for exposing some, like, yeah. you know, stuff the government wanted to keep quiet. But, I, but being so, like, creepy about it. And with this guy, I don't, I've, I've never heard of him uh, sure. before this. Um, uh, so I, you know, he, he might be the nicest man in the world. He might not be. I've got no opinion on that. I think he's probably not the nicest man in the world, but I also bet that he's probably not fucking super villain. Yeah, yeah, it's probably, uh, yeah. It's probably, probably just a dumb guy who, like, no, it was no, like, he's doing his open mic comedian with slightly, you've been to open mics where, like. It's where the, where the, where the comedians, they've, what they've done is they've watched uh, Jim Jeffries and, uh, Delbert and, and, and Stan Hope and stuff. And they've heard these comedians talk about such, like, uh, sexual assault and, prostitutes and 
uh, murder and death and stuff. And even because those comedians talk about intelligently, all these dumb open spots here is that oh, rape as a punchline, and then I killed her as a punchline. But there's a reason and, for and that. they're not as intelligent about it because they miss the actual But I don't mark. even know that that's just that. It's also that comedy is so much... And a lot of your comedy in particular, by the way, is about generating tension and then relieving it. And if you do it really well, people who really know comedy... Like the jokes about your sister? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People go, wow, it's great that he's built the tension and then he's relieved it in an expert way that doesn't make you feel like he built the tension artificially. You know what I mean? Yeah. So open spots... Don't understand that. They just know how to build the tension, but they don't necessarily know how to relieve it, which is why you go to see an open mic in London or New York or Los Angeles, and it's just people making rape jokes without ever really figuring out how to skillfully talk about it in a unique and fresh way. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I think this guy's a fucking YouTube open spot. who's like, oh, I'll do a thing that's, like, edgy and funny and weird, but he doesn't know how to, like... Like, I looked at that video and I was like, I can make this so much funnier with, like, 15 to 20 <laughs> yeah. minutes yeah, of just, just chat. All I needed was another couple of takes. Yeah, it's probably hard to get a Nazi pug uniform, but you can find him online. And oh, like, Meg, honestly, with nowadays, I was just learning to do. So that's the thing. RC yeah. Nazis has definitely gone out. I always think one day I might learn how to sew or stitch and sure. stuff. make your own Nazi pug thing. I mean, not spe- I want you to know, I'm not specifically doing it for that. It's not like I watched that video. It's like, there's a hole in the market. You're really driving the protest because you because six to eight months from now you really want people taking photos in your Nazi pug uniform. Absolutely, I wanted to be. I wanted to go viral in the sense that I want to like on the week before Halloween. I just make a fucking killing. People are just going. They're dressing up as Why? him. They're dressing the dog. I mean, well, here's my question: Like, also, what, the, the, what the, a the, stupid world we live in, where you have to be like, do you defend Count Dankula? Like, oh, oh yeah, there's like, yeah, she, like yeah, yeah. It's just going to be a shit conversation after a while. Look, I don't think you should dare. Uh, Lenny Bruce, George Carlin, Count Dankula TV. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, and just before we move on to my recording, a genuinely interesting thing. You went to the uh, Korean Olympics. Yeah, I went to the fucking Olympics. Because yeah. you're fucking... So first of all, I've got so many questions about Korea itself. But then also, let's get the story up. Your younger brother... Yeah, AJ. AJ uh, was competing for... Israel. Israel in the skeleton bobsleigh, which is terrifying, by the way, to watch. Oh, I can't imagine. Like they're they're going at like eighty two miles an hour, eighty two, eighty five, sometimes ninety miles an hour. I just hit this thing where there's brakes head first, no brakes, no brakes. There are no brakes. The brakes are at the end. It goes slightly uphill, and you just sort of like coast to a stop. Jesus, I mean, like I can't imagine doing it would terrify me imagine this I'll say this because he's finished with the sport so I feel super comfortable saying it in public I'm really impressed that he made it for one reason which is it is the fucking dirtiest sport I've ever heard of in, in all of these in the sense that the top athletes oh, 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 there, yeah. goodbye. that's actually they've come for us they know that we're talking yeah, about yeah, countdown they just kicked yeah. out the door they're yeah. like oh, you said it if you want to dress them in the fucking uniform yeah you said gas the Jews I know it was in context but we don't take context anymore no context um it's a dirty sport and people well like cheating they cheat like madmen everyone cheats like how do you cheat unless you can increase gravity that's 100% equipment is it it's so much of it is equipment based so so people cryogenically freeze the blades to make them like more resistant to the ice and people rub their rub like their runners with glycerin so that it doesn't get wet. Like it's a really dirty sport. And the guy, I know you're not allowed to do any of that. It's all meant to be 
you're not, it's so funny, you're allowed to do certain things, but you're not allowed to do other things. It seems to arbitrarily change from race to race. Yeah. But it's not and by race, you mean the type of race, not the color of people's skin. The color, well, yeah. If you're like, black, okay, the you're black not allowed to do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Though they did do a movie about it. Yes. <laughs> Although it's so weird because, like, it's also odd to see these people, including my brother, by the way, competing for countries that they're not from. Yeah, so you, you're, you my brother, my brother lives in Israel, but like, and he loves Israel, and it's like a big part of his thing. And you know, he wouldn't do it if someone was like, "Hey, you can automatically make it if you compete for this country." He would never do that. He yeah. would just, he just does it because he loves Israel. Yeah, he couldn't make the U.S. team, but if you gave him a choice between the two countries who he'd like to represent, I think for him, Israel's a bigger thing because he's a much more culturally conscious Jew than I. I have my own issues with that, but like. Um, it's weird to like you meet the guy from Italy and he's just like a cop from New Jersey oh, and he okay. just really wants to make the Olympics and like he knows you can't get in the American team so yeah so he goes to Italy or like the guy from Ghana a Kwasi Frimpong had like never been to Ghana before he was like named their skeleton athlete and like he made a really big deal out of it and like it's like, that's where my heart is. Point at it on a map. Yeah, I genuinely thought, I genuinely wish that would be one of the questions. Be like, can you point out Ghana on a map of, of, yeah. uh, of Africa? And he'll be like, oh, yeah, no, I know it's in Africa. And like, <laughs> yeah, no, he actually thinks Africa's a country. Yeah, like, he's yes. like, it's in West Africa. It's, in, <laughs> it's north of West Africa. Yeah. But like, he came in, he was like 125th in the world and automatically qualified for the Olympics. Like, yeah. Like so did he, your brother have to go through... My brother had it. I was about to say the audition process. That's how in Hollywood I am. Yeah, yeah. Did he audition? He turns up with the casting He did audition. he just pretends? He did auditions. Qualified. I'd say the entire qualification process is one big Harvey Weinstein. Which <laughs> <laughs> is like, you spend a lot of money and you definitely, you definitely, there's some rape going on. It's like a really bad, uh, I feel really bad for a lot of these athletes because for, let me say this real quick, sorry. The Olympics is all about expectations. Mm -hmm. So there are some people who go into the Olympics. In any given event, only about like six to to eight people can really win. Yeah. Like in figure skating, only six people can win because if you don't land quads, you won't win a medal. And only like six to eight people on the planet can do a quad. What's a quad? Like a quadruple jump. Like jump and spin four times and then land, which is crazy. And only a few people on the planet have the strength to do it. So like – same with skeleton. Like there are only a few people who can actually win. And in the last three Olympics, the winner is always the person from the country hosting the Olympics. Any reason to guess why? Uh, they've got the most money to spend on equipment. No, they've they've done the course so many times. Oh, so like this year, the guy who won was a South Korean, and four years ago. The person who won was the Russian because it was in Sochi. And four years before that, the person who won was Canadian because it was in Vancouver. So, like, they'll have literally, like, 15, 1,600 runs on the track and every other Olympian is only allowed to start training when the Olympics begin. So, you know. And then you're in a fucking queue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, and the, and the South Koreans don't even practice during the practice days to the Olympics because they don't want everyone to see how they run the course. Oh, okay, because they've done it for so, so they know all the. I mean, how much? Because for me, bobsleigh is, is one of the many things I don't. I'm, I watch it, and it's very fascinating to watch. But I'm just like, I don't see how you get good. Like, what control do you have over the thing it's other than 90, holding on? It's ninety percent pushing, like that start at the run where you run in like a, 
you know you know where like all the little frozen dips are on the course on the way down. That's called piloting your sled, and that's not easy. But like, so are you shifting your weight? You shift your weight. You, you lean into a thing. You st- where you start based on like how high you let yourself go into in a turn. Like, yeah, it's all about body control. Okay. And keep in mind, these guys have to you know keep their legs lifted the entire time and their their head pointed straight and like. Oh yeah, I can, imagine, I can imagine it's an excellent fucking core workout. It is the most ridiculous core workout. Is your brother just ripped? He's so ripped, <laughs> but he had to change the way he was ripped because he was ripped before he started. He's always been like a fitness guy, but he was upper body ripped like most douchebags. So like. <laughs> He had to redistribute that weight to his legs so that he could become like a bit of a sprinter. Yeah. A lot of them are former sprinters. I did do like fucking uh, – what's the timer? The sound timer? The hourglass? Yeah, hourglass. Yeah. He had to do that to himself. He, he just genuinely did. All of he these. had to totally redistribute his weight to like here, here, nothing up here. So like it's so weird to watch him do it and like um, – what was I saying? Also, the qualification process is genuinely crazy. There are there's strategy and numbers and events that are worth different points. You go to the events based on who else is going to be there and how many points you think you're going to be able to get. And like, there's so much paperwork. The dude who qualified after AJ was this guy Jeff from Luxembourg. And Luxembourg, the famous Luxembourgian name, Skelly. Yeah, Jeff. You know yeah. Jeff. You know Jeff. Jeff. Um, Luxembourg forgot to send Jeff's paperwork and accept the Olympic spot, so it went to another guy. Oh, from from, from Jamaica. Oh, dude from Jamaica who had never left New Jersey before. Yeah, you know, of like course. One of those, yeah, yeah. So like you get down, the, you get far enough down the list. But like, how gutted would you be if you're that guy? You spent tens of you thousands of dollars for you trade doing for nothing, and you've been offered the spot. They said you're going to the Olympics. You have told your friends and family because you've qualified. They've they booked flights. Yeah, they've qualified for the Olympics. And then the Olympics goes, bad news. Your no one accepted the spot when it was offered to you. So you don't get to go to the Olympics. Oh, fucking hell. And what, what is uh, South Korea like? It's crazy. And uh, did you meet any North Koreans? Were they allowed out? Yes. I met some North Koreans. This was nuts. I'll show you some photos and some video after, after this. So... Here's what the South Koreans think. They could give less of a fuck about the North Koreans. And to be honest, they think we're a bit obsessed with it and they wish we'd let it go. Oh, really? They, they yeah. find our obsession with North Korea just they're like oh, genuinely God. odd. You know why? Because North Korea doesn't bother South Koreans for the most part. They think of them as really irritating and truly evil. But like, you know, 60 years ago, the countries were split. So for, you know, so people probably – there are people still alive in Korea who remember being united with their families, but they're over 60. Yeah. So the younger generation is like, we don't care. They don't often like poison South Koreans or shoot at us across the border. So like unless you're like crazy conservative, you never think about it. They're never really threatened by a missile because South Korea and North Korea are so close together that if they bomb Seoul, then Seoul – would, like, it would, like it would still hurt North Korea. Yeah, yeah. You can't so talk atomic bomb countries that small because the radiation of it alone will. Exactly. The sort of 
it's like it's like they're inside the punch radius of a really beefy guy, so they don't understand why like everyone else is so threatened by him. Yeah, yeah. They do. They did get really pissed when North Korea and South Korea announced that they were going to do some Olympic teams together. Oh, really? They weren't fond of that. Well, they were like, they're taking credit. They're like, we don't need to make nice them. Why are we doing this? Like, this is our Olympics. And it's, just, these- it's the Olympics just being like, go play with your brother. But mom, I want to play with my brother. My friends are over. Go play with exactly, your brother. Exactly. Exactly. Nobody doesn't know the. Let him play the playstation he doesn't know the buttons yeah (laughs) it's my playstation i got it no we go it's your playstation share oh just but that's i do get the point because it was built as the they first of all they built the entire city for the olympics it's bullshit like which is weird because you imagine north korea is a very good at manual labor (laughs) like you like and the fee is way down yeah they should have just cut they they should have had north korea build the thing yeah they built a $3 billion train from Seoul just to get to this place. And it's so funny because some of it was so new and then everything else was just like, this is a mountain town that should not have had anything going for it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like they picked a random place. They're like, that's cold. That's a cold part. We should have a Winter Olympics there. They had a Summer Olympics 60 miles away yeah, yeah, yeah. in 1988. So it's like, it, it was so weird. Well, they could have used it. They, they thought about it. They thought about having an Olympic village in Seoul. But the Olympians rebelled. They're like, we're not having an Olympic village that's 60 miles away. As it, as it was, it was still – or 600 miles away. As it was, it was still very hard to get from place to place. It's like any fucking event, in. You've been to like these – like Glastonbury. You know, it's all queues and buses. Yeah. And you got to get so to the same fucking run. It's ran. It's ran to people from all over the world, which is kind of beautiful. You see countries you never think of represented. Everyone's obsessed with collectibles. So everyone's trading pins for the various nations that they're from. Muggles. And like, you muggles, 100%. And looking for like, you know, ice hockey celebrities or whatever the fuck. Oh yeah, like, they'll get like, they'll get really excited about someone who's got like 2,000 Twitter followers. Like, yeah, exactly. They're like, dude, I swear to God, I swear to God, that is the Swedish fencing champion. But they really like, do. No way. They no really way do. My not. brother got approached all the time. They'd be like, Adam, Adam, Adam. Like people were coming up to him. <laughs> Fucking hell. What? I mean, it's great, but you, I, you just never, because I'm not into that level of sports. In the same way that if I saw, fucking, oh, if I saw Didier Drogba, I would lose my fucking shit. But for me, you get you know what? there must be some Olympic fans. These people are their Didier Drogba. But you know what's so funny? Imagine you spent a week just totally um, not as not a sports fan, totally immersed at like the FIFA World Cup. After a few hours, even you'd be like, "I'm all about soccer." Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. this because do- it does yeah. to people. I see the Turkish left back, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Yes, because he's <laughs> a big deal in your little universe yeah, that yeah. you're there for. So like. You know, you're right. It means nothing. But, like, I sat next to a woman because we would buy tickets and then just sneak down to the best seats every time because they were fucking empty. The whole stadium was empty every time because they send the tickets to sponsors. The Olympics is one big corporate fuck fest. Yeah. So, like, they send, uh, like, it's sponsored by, like, McDonald's and Coke and Procter & Gamble and Visa. If you don't have a Visa card, you can't use a credit card anywhere at the Olympics. Oh, really? So it's owned by the sponsors. So all the sponsors have all the tickets. So, like, they're empty because the tickets to that game are sat on, like, some middle manager's desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Like, he said he's going to come, but he's just going to get QSA. He's like, I'll get the second round. I'll just. Yeah, but they don't. So that's exactly it. They were like, we're going to come, but they don't come. So, like, no one ever goes. So we we were sitting down at some of the seats. And I looked to my right, and Prince Albert of Monaco was sat there. I have no idea who that is. He's just, like, a prince from, like, and I introduced myself to him because he's sitting next to me. And like, 
Is he like a like? Does he look princely? Has he got lots of bling on? Um, no, but he's got like, you know, the most expensive like, you know, a normal clothing item, but the most expensive version of it, like a cashmere sweat, like scarf. And when you look at the scarf, you're like, oh, that scarf is worth probably ten thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like. You know, his shoes are, like, the most beautiful brown leather you've ever seen. Yeah, they're fucking like, made from dodo. It's just something that's extinct. Exactly. Right. That's a better joke than I have time to give her credit for. But, like, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, that's exactly how it is. And, like, you can tell his cufflinks were, like, passed down from generation yeah, to generation yeah, yeah, yeah. or shit like that. But, like, they're all around there. So, it's on one hand, it's the most muggly people on the planet who eat nothing but soft pretzels for a week because they don't want any ethnic food. <laughs> yeah. And then, like... I do hear that about British people that go to like the expats in Thailand. They'll be like, "You can't get a decent burger, hamburger around here." I'm like, "It's Thailand." They're like, "A guy makes noodles for fifty fucking cents. It's fresh in front of you. What are you talking about?" And these are the same ones that be like, "Fucking Brexit's going to ruin bread." It's like, you don't live there. So I'm at the figure skating. Oh, I answer your. I'm at the figure skating, and like, and I notice the entire section next to where I'm sitting is empty. I'm like, that's interesting. The entire section is empty. And then 250 North Korean cheerleaders that have been flown in for the event come walking in. And I was Each like, with a guard with a gunpoint at the back of his head. You know what? So they all – so the aisles were filled with these cheerleaders. But sitting on either end of every aisle to make sure they didn't go anywhere were people in like the most serious face people I'd ever seen in plain clothes. And you could tell that they were like the minders. So I was on the aisle next to them, and I was like, I'm going to get a selfie with one of these cheerleaders if it kills me. Yeah. And then and it might. And it might. <laughs> like, uh, it will kill you. They'll just kill her. But that's exactly for- what happened because, like, I learned from the person sitting next to me. I said, how do you say, are you having fun in Korean? And so he says, he tells me, like, a sentence. I keep practicing it. And then they get up to go. After, like, the scariest coordinated song and dance routine I'd ever seen in my oh, entire yeah, yeah, life. Because yeah, they... They train them with no joy or skill. Oh, they're like, probably like the, the, the water glass and the head posture, the whole fucking thing. Oh, and like they were clapping in like perfect unison with like they're almost totally locked in like, oh, like in the military Korean, position for joy. It's so crazy. And they're looking and they were trying not to do this, but every time anyone held up a smartphone to take a picture, they were like, not, not taking a picture of them. They had been prepared for that. Just like a picture in general because I didn't know this. North Koreans aren't allowed smartphones. Oh, wow. So to them, they're like, holy shit, everyone's got a computer. They don't even tell them about it. And oh, they were, so they're, all, they're still playing fucking Snake on the Nokia 3310? They don't even I, – I doubt they even have those capabilities because maybe a snake could be seen as a symbol of resistance and like you – know, like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like it's – no, no. What it is is, is their game of Snake is they've changed it. It's Kim Jong-un. Yeah. Just uh, – and instead of little uh, sweets, it's just little – American flags. It's just Kim Jong. Um, which one's this? Kim Jong Un. Like Kim Jong Un has never pooped. Kim He's Jong-un. never pooped. But That's why he gets longer when he eats. Yeah, He's never pooped. Exactly. <laughs> the mentality though is like Kim Jong Un's. Uh, they had a few like North Korean fans, but it seemed like everything North Korea was there for had been bought and paid for. Like someone was telling me they're like I'm like well, what happens when they go out in public they're like are you crazy here's what's happening they're keeping them on boats in the harbor the cheerleaders and the athletes to prevent them from defecting then they um, they get to, they get them to shore they put them on buses under armed guard the buses drive to the parking lots of the venue let them off into the venue they're herded into their section 
and then they get back on the buses and go back to the boat. So these poor people fucking hell. Like, what an oppressive, horrible life these people have. Yeah, yeah. So they're coming down the aisle, and I'm, like, standing there shamelessly. I was like, I won't be shamed, like, away from this. And, like, they're they're clogged up a little bit as they're getting out. One woman is standing right next to me, and I said to her, in Korean, are you having fun? Yeah. And she looked at me, and then the person next to her burst into tears. And I was like, oh, I can't talk to these people. Holy shit. I'm like, I can't do it. She's just, like, trying so hard not to look at me. I follow them out. I follow them out just to, like, see them. And they're standing in front of them. They were there as a, purely as a media prop. So I'm standing behind them as people are, like, filming them. They're all in a solid block, like a row of, like, troops. Yeah. Like, this. like, yeah, literally trying to be in the fucking army. And they're waving. They had these little North Korean flags. The handler had a little North Korean flag. And whenever he waved it, he would stand right behind the cameras. And whenever he waved it, they would wave at the flag, and the cameras would take a whole bunch of pictures. Like, the whole display was for the press. Jesus Christ. Like, they're jangling, like, keys with a baby. Genuinely. Oh. Like, jangling, like, nationalist keys with a baby. And there was a woman walking around behind them with a bun wearing their uniform, but she wasn't a cheerleader. She was like their trainer and she would jab one of them with two fingers if they weren't like straight up enough. So what the up. fuck? So oh my God. I'm filming this on my camera phone, on my smartphone, and I look behind me and I notice there are three security guards who look murderously upset, like really upset. One of them's got one of those surgical face masks yeah. on, like a black surgical face mask, and I just see him look like... I, I don't turn, but I see in, like, the reverse angle of my Instagram video, I see him look at the other security guards, and I realize, like, oh, I am the only person in this block of North Koreans facing this giant block of cameras and civilians. And then I'm like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, there are no other civilians in this area. I'm in the middle of this block of North Koreans. And I'm like, well, why aren't they moving me out? And then I realized, like, the cameras are videoing everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I need to get out of here before. Yeah. The, before while the cameras are still on. Because the, the second they on, go, you disappear. I genuinely was like, for a second, I was more scared than I'd ever been. Because I had just watched 200-something people act like not human beings for a solid hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. And you filmed the thing. You filmed it from the angle that they don't want that. Oh, angle. 100%. And so I start edging towards the thing, and they start, like, moving to sort of, like, box me, like, box me, like, out, like, they want me to leave. Yeah. So, like, they, and as soon as, like, uh, they stop waving, this guy in the black surgical mask, he just puts one hand really firmly on my, like, left arm, and, like, one, and, like, one hand behind my back, and he just gives me a solid, but, like, very efficient push out of the, like, out of their circle. Like he... Oh my God. I was terrified though for like a, a solid few seconds. I, I mean, like, in that situation, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? Like, I, 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 it sounds terrifying. You have minimal sympathy for from me. Like, if I started with North Koreans, I'm going nowhere near them. But you know the problem is the Olympics are they one giant with... spectacle. Yeah. And so it's just weird shit just happens around you all the time. Brass bands start playing 10 feet from your face for no reason. Someone throws t-shirts into a crowd and everyone goes mad. Like, you know, the New Zealand dancers will, like, rip off their shirts in the middle of the street and do, like, one of those... Hackers. Yeah, do a haka. And so you're like, this is just another bit of spectacle. Okay, okay, yeah. It's such an unreal little... It's like, it's a small world at Disney come to life, and this is just the only <laughs> dark part of the ride. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that's there is no There is no North Korea on that, right? I and wonder. I wonder if I there don't is. Think it is. I gotta feel bad for just a civilian from North Korea. Oh man, it sounds fucking uh, dire. 
Uh, right. Let's do, let's go yeah. to Muggle Corner. I'll allow you to go first. No, you go first because I'm still you know. Okay, like, so okay, this is your first time on podcast. So my one is, um, and I've got experience in this. Muggles do paintball for like <laughs> stag to head. So the reason I was thinking about this because me and Matt are organising at Kai's uh, stag do uh, at the moment, uh, and we're sort of thinking of other things to do apart from just get absolutely mullered and try and kill Kai. Like, our genuine mission is to make sure Kai doesn't get to his wedding. That's Even though his uh, fucking uh, stag do is at an un- undisclosed location. <laughs> he doesn't even know the t- He doesn't know when or where it is. All he knows is that it's happening at some point. <laughs> we'll get him the information when he needs it, but for now... It's on a need-to-know basis. That's such a good muggles do paintball for a stag do thing. Because for me, I used to be a paintball referee. Right, it was my sure. first ever job, right? Sure. Um, in Edinburgh, at that place where we've gone. Oh, no, no, no. Way, way up fight? north. No, no. This is like way up near Aberdeen. Okay. I used to have to... My boss was like an ex-army commander. He'd pick me up Saturday morning at 6 a.m. Fucking... Was me. it fun or was it... Wild? It was awful. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed the thing. Like, Do you ever get hit? You'd get hit. All the fucking time. So I'm in bright red, right? Because I'm yeah. a marshal, right? Yeah. I've got a yellow mask on. And I have a marker. That's what we call the paper. They're called markers. And I take the fucking things out... The people out. So there's two. I'm 16. There's two groups of fucking 20 on either side, like drunk, hungover, fucking rat bad people, at shooting, bad at shooting, coked up. And of course, if they can't see them, they just fucking shoot me because there's nothing I can do. My marker doesn't have paintballs in it. Yeah, this is just a spare. This is if your marker breaks, I give you mine. We swap the hopper, which is the yeah, no, the ammunition. Yeah, on top, yeah. and then I'll fix your marker. So I'm always walking around being like, you got hit, you got hit, and if you tell someone. All the fucking time you go, you go ahead and like, but it didn't burst. I'm like, it doesn't fucking matter. I saw the thing hit you. It's an honor-based system. You're out. You go away and you just get one in the fucking back of the neck. And there's nothing you can do because I'm 60 years old and he's a 45-year-old man. Sure. A heap of cocaine. And I just, don't get me wrong, paintball is fun. Uh, we've, it's we've it's an absolute that. scam. No, we haven't. Oh, no, sorry. We've done laser tag together. We've done laser tag together. Sorry, which is, yeah, yeah. Significantly more low impact. Yeah, low impact. Man, fucking when I was 16, because I didn't tell anyone I had the job uh, at first, just because I just couldn't be arsed. Uh, whenever you get hit on the neck, I had a girlfriend. Yeah, you had a welt. I got, so I get that. So she thought it was a love bite. She was like, well, is that a love bite? And I was like, no. She's like, yes, it is. And I'm like, it, right, if this is a love bite, you're assuming anything else that looks like this is a love bite. She's like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, okay, why do I have one on my inner arm? Why do I have one on my ankle? Why yeah. do I, well, like, why do I'm I really kinky, yeah. kinky cheating? Yeah. Why do I have one right in my fucking cleave? Right, you're in one of my faces. It's just a girl just sucking in the middle of my fucking taste. So like, in what world is that fucking thing? And I've, Oh man, they used to fucking kids, uh, like troubled kids, like if they'd been good for three weeks, they were rewarded with oh, fucking God. live munitions. Oh, and I'm the fucking referee. So they're just getting fucking shot. At one point, I had to take a fucking stick off someone because they were just like, they covered it in paint. This one of this kid, he covered the stick in paint and was running at his friend with it, being like, his logic was, it's a paint sword. I put paint on the thing. So if I hit him with it, that counts. And I'm like, that's, no, that's physical assault, you fucking... Did it work, though? No, I had to fucking... I pretty much rugby tackle the cunt. Like, it's fucking... It was a big stick. Like, it's a fucking <laughs> branch. It's about to be an absolute genuine assault. That's genius. Have you ever done paintballing? I'm... I'm... Uh, same with laser tag. It's one of the few things I'm good at. Yeah. It's so useless. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I'm so good at... I'm so good at... Uh, I remember when we went in Edinburgh... I was really, really good at that. Laser that was for Eric Lampard's stag dude. Yes, and Joel Dama. I just remember going, Edelman, what the fuck? Like, why? Like, w- like, why would you be good at this? What's that? Like, I do also that thing where like you slide and shoot upwards. 
Oh yeah, yeah. You play, people but, hate that because it's bullshit. You, you play, you, you play like a like a hyper nine year old at his birthday. Like, but you know, you, the the most I'll ever hear the words. If I ever want to know where you are in a laser quest game, I'll just listen to the marshal go. No running, no running, no running. No I'm running. Like, there he is. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what But you know what? Stop jumping. Get off the wall. The thing is, like, not with laser tag, obviously, but in Israel, paintball. What like we did basic training, and the way to make it fun for us was. Art. Did you get conscripted? No, I just did. I just did. I guess three courses of basic training while I was there. But my cousin. Do you have to do them? No, but mm-hmm. I was. I lived there in a time where it was. I lived there in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and there were a whole bunch of terrorist attacks at schools right around mine. Mm. And one of them was a school that I would study at every Thursday, and like. Something like seven or eight kids were killed on a Thursday, and they offered us a chance. So you, to do you, then training. you moved to America, where that never happens. Yeah, where, where you know every school is safe. That's so funny. Dan. I never think about that, but like I, I enlisted basically. I volunteered to do basic training, and the funny thing is, they were like at the end of basic training, they're like, "So how do you feel about the army?" I was like, "I would never do the army here. It's crazy. It's politically problematic." They're like, "Okay, goodbye." As soon as you bring up your politics. When asked a question about joining the army, they're like, we don't want you in there anyway. Just in case. Just go, get the fuck out. Like, we don't want you, you know, being like, everyone here, you know, it's, you can see both sides, right? Like, they don't want that. But I became really good at paintball for that. The one thing that always frustrates me is the limited amount of ammunition. Oh man, it's an art. It's an utter utter scam as well, right? I used yeah. to go there. It was fifty. So you, you turn up, you get one hundred and twenty-five paintballs. You're playing fucking eight rounds, right? It's not that enough. That is, you nothing. go through it in about four five seconds, and it's fifteen quid for another hundred every time. It doesn't that. cost that much to. Uh, uh, no, man. I was I was filling up these little tiny tubes from huge bags. These bags. Contain about ten thousand paintballs. Sure. Cost about hundred quid. I'm doing one cup full of going fifteen quid, fifty quid. It's an utter utter scam. So I always hate that because, like, if you really want to, this will sound so wanky. This is very muggly, but like, if you want to run a proper paintball exercise where, like, you cover for a teammate or you try to like. Pin, like you try to like pincer movement. Yes, you've got to be firing the you whole need fucking to be time. Firing the whole time, or you need to like not firing the whole time, but you need to at least be able to not have to be like how many was that? How many was that? Yeah, how many yeah, was yeah. that? And also these guns, unless you have like an angel gun of your own or something, these guns sometimes don't fire. Yeah, yeah, they're like, like and they, they veer off to the left and the right. There's exactly. Do. Yeah. So you don't know how accurate you're being, and so I know some guys who when we do when we do paintball training in Israel, like. They would lie down and they'd focus on a fixed point, fire at the fixed point, and literally figure out which way their gun yeah, was yeah. biasing. Like so, like if it was to the left, they knew that their gun fires a little bit to the left, so they aim a little bit to the right. But like, you can't spare that in like everyday average paintball. So there were plenty of paintball games where like I was the last one left or something, and then you just run out of ammunition. Yeah, and you're just there. And it's like, and that's when you get a little knife out, a uh, little stick, and you just cover it in paint. Yeah. And like paint, you know. But the worst thing is like when you're trying to do ramble paint, and the second you put it on your face, I'm like, you're out. That counts. Oh, that's amazing! I'm sure my kid is like, yeah. he's just there. And I'm like, no, ramble, you're out. That's paint on your face. That counts. The worst thing about paintball is being hit by friendly fire. You just get so fucking angry. angry. Like you're like, you knew I was running. 
I've, I, I think I've had people do it on my team who just didn't like me, or people, if they would mix up teams after a, a particularly contentious paintball game, they'd be like, right, well, I hate you from the first round, it doesn't matter that you're on my team. Oh, yeah. I would, like, if I, so sometimes, obviously, paintballs don't burst, they would fall on the ground. If I ever saw a paintball on the ground, I would, me and my mate Adam, we would just pick it up and put it in our pocket, and at any point somebody was fucking us off, you just slip it into the chamber uh, of your broken marker, and you fire someone in the back of the leg, or the back of the neck, you're like, you got hit, and they're like, what? I'm like, friendly fire, someone on your team must have, I'm like, if I don't want to fucking deal with you anymore, trust me, if anyone that's played paintball as a stag do, I guarantee you, at least one of your marshals has shot you. And Are you serious? 100%. That's the coolest 100%. shit I've ever heard. Man, if you're pissing me, if you piss me off, I shoot you in the fucking, fuck it. I, I got paid five pounds an hour. Really? Like, yeah, to take fucking shit. I'm not fucking Although, you know what? Also, those, although, I'm telling you, a dirty paintball, I always would tell like teammates like it's never worth the trouble it's not like you think you're picking it up it's got a pine needle there that's going to ruin your day yeah, like yeah, just don't uh, yeah. don't do it but yeah um, hey that's a good muggle corner I'll, paintball uh, yeah. should, I do, should I do one yeah do one we'll do because we've not got much time so we'll do one more and then we'll move on okay I'm pick one um, uh, where you make this joke someone offers you weed and you pat your stomach and go I'm trying to cut down <laughs> I mean, it's one hundred percent in, but I would genuinely laugh at that. It's, a, it's like a so this is this has a couple of the podcasts, and I'll always defend them. It is a hundred percent muggly. I love lame jokes. Oh I sure, love lame jokes. sure, sure, sure. The other ones that I have, we don't have time for them, and I'll only get into one. Is if you put serious thought into shopping for a greeting card, <laughs> yeah. Oh God, being like, oh, yeah, Dad. Dad does like top gear. But do I get something more festive? With is, is it festive or is it a serious occasion this christening? The way I look at uh, uh, greetings cards is how can I make this funnier? Uh-huh. Like what's I'll, I, I would, I, this is a probably muggly as well. I will absolutely for my male friends' birthdays get them princess cards with a badge. I do that all the time. And it says 13 on it because that's that is muggly though. Uh, that is muggly. There's also if you make reservation days in advance. For a restaurant, a restaurant, oh, but not even a good one. No, no, never a good one. Like where Pizza it's Express. Can I get a yes. table? Can I get a table for six on, on Thursday, Thursday. Uh, at seven p.m. And they're just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a hundred fucking chicken. Just come down. Yeah, just, I love that when you call because you don't know the restaurants in another city. They're like, just, just come, just come in. Yeah, we're never crowded. We're not. We're not important. There's nothing in this. Town we are a Pizza Hut. What are you doing? Stop, unless you've got a fucking kid's birthday party, well, you don't need to It's vote. a pizza hut. It's going to be small. It's a hut. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's very popular. Right? We live in a big Italian community. This is, I imagine, where they all go. <laughs> I want to hear your dad jokes. Uh, well, first of all, before we go on to them, uh, plug your shows. This will come oh, out on Thursday. I'm doing Melbourne Comedy Festival. I'm here for the entire month. What's your show called? It's called Just For Us. And where is it on? Show. It's on at the Greek Center every night at 9 30. Sweet. And I am on every day at 9.15 at uh, Acme. Fuck. That's uh, so are you doing Mondays? No. Are you? No. Fuck. Absolutely. I was, I was, I, there's never, and there's always overlap with everyone I want to see. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, your dad went to Comic-Con as Hitler. Okay. Your dad's so basic, his favorite novelist is God. <laughs> your dad's Facebook profile pic is of a baby that isn't his. <laughs> your dad owns a tea kettle, but he only uses it for urine to drink. <laughs> your dad has stabilizers on his car. Your dad doesn't like The Simpsons because he finds it disrespectful. 
He's just there the whole time. Being like, I'm not like that. Shit, you are. Uh, Eskimos have 500 words for snow and your dad has 700 words for Muslims. <laughs> your dad hums when he eats and if you lived in a rougher neighborhood, he'd be dead because of it. <laughs> Just, uh, your dad dips dog biscuits in his tea. Uh, your dad gets boners from seeing a department store mannequin whose body type he likes to describe as surprisingly supple. <laughs> Uh, your, your dad puts a notch in his bed post every time he cries himself to sleep it looks like a 15 year old emo's wrist <laughs> your dad thinks Bradley Cooper is very handsome and he's brought it up too many times for it not to mean anything <laughs> your dad has light up underwear <laughs> Your dad tries to get a Mexican wave going at every sporting event he's ever been to. <laughs> but he has never failed. So yeah. <laughs> Your dad calls oysters nature's vagina. And I'm never getting seafood with him ever again. <laughs> Your dad has started a sentence with, as a white man. And once used the phrase, you gotta hand it to him when talking about Bill Cosby. <laughs> Uh, your dad wrote a Me Too status after his prostate exam. <laughs> That's really good. Your dad's favorite movie is Happy Feet, and you don't want to know why. Uh, your dad puts a bobblehead of the Pope on your mum's back during doggy style, so it looks like the Vatican is approving the whole thing. <laughs> I think I'm out. I think That's that was for me. Perfect. That was great. Oh, amazing. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. They are great. We've changed the game. Your mom jokes are sexist and fattest and whatnot. Your dad jokes are just your dad's life. Yeah, your dad's mom. And, and a lot of times slightly racist. Thank you for having me on, man. And we'll get you on later on in the uh, festival. And also, you would not believe how many of these fuckheads actually come and see shows of the kiss. It's I a small it's a small fan base, but they are disgustingly loyal. Yeah, please come and see me and please go continue to see Mr. Sloss. Yeah, talk to you later, cats. Bye.